This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. All right. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's your week? It's been pretty good. Your meditation week. Um, actually, it's Tuesday. I haven't really meditated yet this week. Oh. I know. <laughs> this week. <laughs> hey, I'm taking it in baby steps. Every okay. every time where I actually have a moment, a spot, uh, you know, a bit of silence, I'll do that. But it's been a little bit of a crazy week thus far. But, yeah. But maybe this afternoon yeah. at four, four fifteen. That's it. That's when I'm going to do it. Yeah. So on our on our last podcast, we were talking about meditation, and then March is a a month where trying something, trying yeah. some meditative practices. Yeah. And uh, some of them outside the box of what we what we had previously maybe when we were younger sort of yeah. imagined meditation to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been reading this um this uh engaging creator and creation and indigenous journey written by some Native American mentors of mine. It's been really it's been really fun. It's been really thought provoking. Just to read through their perspectives on um, this particular religious season, but but coming at it from a more indigenous mindset. And what like could you name something specific that struck you? Yeah. Um, so this morning's reading was on walking softly. Oh. And how Europeans have this mentality that um, land is meant to be made productive. That's the purpose of land. And, and actually, there's a term that, um, this wasn't a part of it, but this is just a side note, where land actually has no value. It's not actually considered land until it's productive and producing something, particularly money mm. in some way. And this indigenous mindset is to walk softly on the land. And that's both how we engage the land and how we utilize and in, in, in partnership, but also the very act of walking. Mm is a soft act. Right. And it got me thinking about walking. I mean, because we've talked about, you know, this this idea that particularly when you go on long pilgrimage, you have to be so like mindful of your body, what your body's going through and the trauma on your feet in particular. And you're mm-hmm. always checking in with your feet and having a relationship with your feet. Yeah. Right. But I've never thought of my feet as nerve endings to sort of have a conversation with the with the earth. So that's so interesting because okay. I've been doing this yoga practice, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've shared with you this whole thing about my back, right? Right. And one of the things that this yoga instructor said that would be really good for me to do, you know, you're familiar with anyone. You've done what? What is it? Two classes now? Shush. Shush. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> I'm just bad at yoga. I'm bad at yoga. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm just making a reference. So anyway, she said to, like, child's pose is really good and putting your cheek on the ground, mm. the groundedness of that is really good for a variety of things. And I, I've been trying that. So maybe that means just resting with my face on the ground right. has been my meditation, which it actually is very, like, it's very stilling. It's very, right. it's something that we, we don't do. We don't generally go and put our face down on the ground. Right. So that connection with the earth. Um, so w- with with walking, I've been I've been thinking about walking as a meditation. Mm-hmm. It's also part of it, and I've been doing this. I've been breathing intentionally, like three steps in, three steps mm-hmm. out, and really focusing on my breathing, at, like yoga. Yeah, you know, to really be in, to really be aware of my body and the air and the relationship between the two as I walk. But now I want to start to bring in this foot practice mm. of having this conversation with with the dirt and the earth and the moss and. Um, as I walk. So that's part of what I'm thinking about today, at least. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been a good meditation. I've been having like these morning, I've been doing my candle ceremony and everything in the morning. It's been really good. Nice. Well, I've been working through the prayer book. I'm on prayer book. I'm on prayer five. Prayer five. (laughs) I'm stuck. Prayer five. (laughs) That's okay. It's yeah. Well, it's, it's like I, March 11th or 12th or I whatever. Know. Well, so. I, one of the things I really loved, remember when I read it last week, it said that if there's a prayer that resonates with you. And, and this is Prayer by Justin McRoberts and Scott Erickson. Correct. The book Prayer. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, just... yeah so I, I, I'm 
I'm really taking that to heart and I'm not moving through it quickly. So I stuck with, there was one about, let me have to open it up because I want to read it correctly. Oops, there I go. I just pounded it down. It was really number one. <laughs> it was, no, it was number two. It was, may I cease to be annoyed that others are not as I wish they were hmm. since I am not as I wish I was. Hmm. And that one was for a whole week. Of just uh, reflecting. And reflecting on that. And, nice. um, and then I skipped a couple that didn't really hit me as much. And now I'm on the one that says, may I have the courage to believe that everything I do matters. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we're really excited because today we have Scott Erickson with us. What? In the studio. I know. Can you imagine? The, the <laughs> actually, one who made the book? It here? is. He's here. And we're actually, oh, actually in his we're studio. There. We're in yeah. his studio. <laughs> just been silently participating. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for sitting And in. welcome to yeah. this space. Yeah. Very cool studio. Thank you. We're up here in Vancouver, Washington. You might be my last visitors in this space. <gasps> Why? Well, I mean, I'm moving, so this is going to go away. Oh. Uh, the glory of what this is. But yeah. So it's fun to have this as kind of uh, the last. I mean, I'll start packing things up, but yeah. Right. yeah. I'm probably like my last guest in here. I feel very honored to be yeah, your just, last guest. Uh, it's a moment. It's a holy moment. <laughs> and where are you moving off to? Uh, we're moving. My wife and family and I are moving to Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Yeah. A sweatier version of Portland. <laughs> With yeah. more taco stands. More taco stands and more freeways. Yeah. Hmm. It's probably the same amount of traffic, though. Yeah. Yeah. I visited. I have a, I have a, a dear friend in Austin um, and have visited her several times. I really enjoy it down there. Yeah. I do, I do sweat a lot, though. <sighs> yeah. Good to know. It is. <laughs> for, the, for our listeners out there. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a hotter place for sure. Uh, and this area is a lot more beautiful, I would say. It, when you live in the Northwest, anywhere Spoiled. else you go, you're like, mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anything else is like a step down. But as for Texas... And, you know, sorry to those in Texas, but like mostly Texas as a whole. Uh, no, I mean, there's some beautiful areas, but <laughs> it, like uh, the hill country is probably the more beautiful area. And that's where Austin's located. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, for those of our listeners that don't know Scott mm. yet, mm -hmm. they should. Uh, I'm just going to read a tiny little bit from your bio on your website. OK. Yeah. OK. Is that cool? I love it. Um, uh, first of all, I love the title, which says Curator of Awesomeness. Yeah. Which I'm getting to see in the studio, it's just all over. The awesomeness is all over the studio. Uh, it says, Scott Erickson, uh, oh, I need my reading glasses, is a touring painter, performance speaker, and creative curate who mixes autobiography, mythology, and aesthetics to create art and moments that speak to our deepest experiences. It's there very broad. It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, when you're a professional artist, you have to do a lot of things a lot to of make things. something. So, yeah. yeah, I think my main strains are um, uh, being a visual artist. And so just I naturally, the, 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 the haunting mostly comes through visuals. So I'm paying attention to that. And then uh, an author. Uh, and I'm really interested in making books as part of the second part of my life. So, um, and that's, that's what's happening. And, and then also a performance artist speaker. And so, so there's a lot of things, but yeah, in there, so in there was like trying to say like, yeah, I, 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 uh, I travel around and make paintings and make art. Um, I'm also, uh, a visual artist and a, and a writer and, uh, or, or concept maker. And then a curate, a curate is actually like the old word for priest and a curate i think i pronounced it wrong no i no. i in there it says a curate okay um and it which is where curator comes, comes from, from yeah. but the curate was like the person in um in the community who was uh, making the rituals and ceremonies for births and deaths and marriages mm. and harvest and planting and how the moon is working and how the seasons are happening and so they were a person who was basically like giving mechanics to the 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 world that we live in that we can easily miss the patterns and the and the things that are happening so it was a person who was kind of fabricating and and creating rituals and ceremonies for these happenings and i think uh 
I definitely care about spiritual formation and I have a lot of pastoral tendencies, but I don't want to run a church. <laughs> like I, I just like, I've worked at churches and there's an aspect I really like. And there's a part of it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to become a vocational pastor, but I do view myself as kind of like a weird traveling bard priest, you know, like, mm. like I'll show up and be like, let's talk because I don't see any separation between a sacred secular or whatever. I'm like all of, in fact, in my latest show, say yes, the, Which was my, awesome, my, by the way. Yes, thank you. My first line is like, real. what we all know to be true is that life is sacred moments and dick jokes at the same time. You know, it's, we are this biology and sacredness at the, and that is the life we find ourselves in. So that, how to encapsulate that. You know, actually I took a nod from um, Sufjan Stevens. Mm. <laughs> I saw this like intro of Sufjan Stevens and, they just had like this one sentence and I was like, that's really mm. dynamic. I should try to do that. So before we go any farther, yes. um, I just want people to know your art and maybe mm -hmm. even, even see what you do while they're listening to us talk. So yeah. it's Scott Erickson art. Dot com. com is your website and that's Erickson E R I C K S O N. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, Instagram at Scott, the painter, Scott, the painter on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, so anyway, if you want socials. to be looking at yeah. who what he creates as we're as we're talking to him, I just thought that might be important at that's the great. beginning. Yeah, of the absolutely. I'm sorry. No, I think Commercial that's a great break. idea. Uh, one of the things that well, just hearing hearing you sort of almost give us a encapsulated version of yourself, which is hard to do. Mm. Um, there's so much in there, but I think all of our listeners can see why we wanted you to be on this podcast. This idea of not separating the secular and the sacred. It's yeah. it's something that we we really value and and have talked about previously on pot on on here on pilgrim lost but that idea that um well and when you're when i look at your work online because i you're one of my very favorite things that pop up on my instagram feed oh, thanks and i um not only not only am really moved by your your images your writing uh because in the prayer, in the books that I have, those are written by Justin. That's all Justin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the writing that, that you've been doing in these, and maybe it's just been the last few years really where it's become like more right so. Like writing Instagram posts, like your little paragraphs in your Instagram posts yeah. are fantastic. Thanks. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like micro writing in yeah. a way. Um, Has that been something that I just, maybe me personally just started noticing or have you been no. doing that? Uh, it's no, it's in the last few years. Yeah. Um, how do you, ex I mean, when you start talking about creative work, it gets mystical right away. But yeah. like, yeah, I noticed that these were like a word wanted to come up or started coming out. Like as you pay attention, like the way, you know, I will be caught up with whatever that place, I guess that space of imagination, the faculty within me, like an image will come into and I'll go, oh, what is that? It's leading me into some work or creating that, making that a reality. And so I've had that, um, I've had that rhythm for a while now, but then I started noticing that words were doing like a word or a message would come in and I, and I would spend, I mean, it looks like I just th throw it out there. I mean, that's what always it does on social media, but I might spend like a day or two just Crafting kind that. of, oh, what's the best way to say, what am I trying to say? And then, and then I've been really influenced by poets and uh, maybe more poetic theologians or writers or spiritual people that then um, was like, oh, there's a way to talk about this stuff that's not so um, f formal and unhuman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 uh, and then also setting, you know, uh, and then specifically, like, you can see in here in my studio that uh, there's a lot of things that have color and stuff. And there are some pieces of mine in here. There's not a lot of mine. It's mostly this is my art collection of stuff. But like a few pieces, I, I can do color, but most of the time I do black and gold. Um, it's just kind of where I've been at for the, the last five years. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a rule or kind of a law that says just because you can use every color doesn't mean you should. And so setting, um, setting limitations on yourself mm -hmm. helps you go deeper. Because if you can do everything, you'll just kind of stay shallow. But when you go, I'm only going to do this, then that forces you to go deeper in right. that limitation. And I 
did started doing that with my words, which was like, I just, I don't want to, I want to use other words for God. I want to use other words for how we say these things. Cause I just, I feel like we've just, if you grew up in a religious community, you just easily become a community of like group talk and, and word policing. You know, we all know we belong if we say the things the same way, right. but you go, what does that mean? And people don't really know <laughs> like Jesus is the way. And you're like, what does that mean? You're like, uh, I don't know. It just, he is, you know, don't say it any other way or you're not in, in our club. Right. So that, that has been kind of my, um, I guess my practice and my pilgrimage to tie it in. Ooh, um, nicely done there. The, my word pilgrimage, my language pilgrimage. Yeah. So, uh, I know we have these two books. I haven't announced it yet, but I just signed a two book deal with a publisher. So I have, I have like four projects I've been slowly working on and Congratulations. starting to implement those out. Yeah. You know, I'll never, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'll never, but my gift to the world isn't like a 500 page novel. Like that's <laughs> like, they'll, they'll be very word and image dancing throughout the books and stuff. But I'm actually really curious. That brings me to a question. When you created these books, did Justin write something first? And then did you create out of that visually? Yeah. Or, so yeah. Justin had been working on like one sentence prayers for about two years for Lent. And then we got to be friends and he said, you know, what if you made images for all these one sentence prayers? And then we got into a longer conversation about, about prayer because we felt like what was out there, at least that we were aware of, wasn't, was very limited. And we had friends who are coming from traditions and have no tradition at it whatsoever who were like, I just, I feel like I want to pray. I just don't know how to do that anymore. And hmm. a lot of the prayer material you know, we use this a lot. I actually think it's, uh, I thought it was over there, but I know it's somewhere here, but like my utmost for his highest, you know, I, by Oswald Chambers, it's a great book. I read yeah. it in college and yeah, it was helpful too. for a season of life, but I'm like, it's 2020 and we're inundated with so much words. So if somebody's like here, read these five paragraphs telling you what to think about prayer, it's not like that's not doable. How we really view this book is like, this is not a book of content. This is a book of excavator tools. Like the mm. content is the conversation that you're having God with God in, in you. That is the content you're really trying to get to. So we want to give you, through words and images, excavation tools to help you get to that. Mm. That's why you mm. said, like, I sat on this prayer for a week. Why? Because it was excavating something out of you. Yeah. It couldn't just get through it in a day. It took you like a week of like letting it work, pull out, bring up, uncover this this deep conversation you need to have about people and about yourself and all yeah. of that. And that is prayer. The right. prayer isn't the sentence just Justin wrote or the image I made. The prayer is the, the conversation with God that it illuminates in you. Absolutely. And so coming from that perspective, and then, then I would say another thing too, is that prayer is not getting God's attention. Prayer is awakening to the voice and work of God already in your life. And a lot of, I think a lot of our hiccups with prayer is like, I'm not doing it right, or I can't, I'm not doing it the right way. And we were like, no, 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 the conversation's already happening. It's just been muffled or covered up or lost. And we need to uncover that deepest, truest conversation. And it's in there. So that that was our different take and we find that it's actually been very enlivening to people's prayer lives because it was i mean we we had a we this was our own stuff that we were doing too you know like right. we didn't and that's always the thing that resonates yeah. with people the yeah. most is yeah. when you express a challenge that a struggle that you're having and illuminate it mm -hmm. and you look like you wanted to say something always and i love listening but on our last podcast I shared a story about, I was asked by somebody if I meditate, like this yeah. is somebody who comes from a much more sort of new agey tradition than me, right? Yeah. Do you meditate? And I said, yeah, I've been meditating my whole life. And they're like, really? Tell me about that. Well, I said, well, in my tradition, we call it prayer. And they're like, no, no, that's not meditation. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, that's interesting. And I was what like, did you, how did I was you like, respond? And I was like, yeah, yes, it I think it is. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. Prayers, prayers, this really mental thing that, you know, it's like, it's like lists and like yeah. whatever. Yeah. And uh, meditation is very different. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so fascinating that that, mm -hmm. that that's the connotation, these two words to you. And, um, you know, we're talking about meditation this week mm -hmm. or this month. And, um, 
I just want to throw that back to you because you wrote yeah. a book called Prayer, and yet yeah. when you talk about ex- excavation, mm-hmm. I'm hearing something very non, almost non-cognitive. There's yeah. cognitive in it, yeah, but it's it's very sort of. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so then, uh, our second book, May It Be So, is using the Lord's Prayer as kind of our excavation tool. I think what's really fascinating about the Lord's Prayer is what Jesus says right before he gives the Lord's Prayer, which is, your Father in heaven already knows everything you need before you ask. Right. So therefore, when you pray, do this. So the the premise of the Lord, the, the, the context of the Lord's Prayer is in, you already know. So right. I don't need to remind you of anything, God. I don't. Sometimes it's helpful to go, I need to say this so I know you know. <laughs> like <laughs> I've had those moments right in that chair. I've actually had some specific moments of speaking things out loud. But like, so then the Lord's Prayer is actually, oh, here's the reality I'm hoping to live into. Here's the reality that already exists that you already know. And this is my practice to remind myself that I can live into this. Mm-hmm. Like like there is a there is a God who is one and who is all of our parent we we can't we, we talk about the language of male oriented and god and i'm i've always i've in the last few years have just been trying to be much more gender neutral or gender intentional with my language with god um yeah i don't i don't actually don't use pronouns for god anymore yeah yeah and i try to f- i use often i say like the giver or the maker or the the author or the you know, like, what's the aspect that God, you know, the inviter, you know, like, what is the aspect of God that's happening? Let's speak more of, to that. More of the verb, the, the yeah, action. Yeah, more of the verb that's there, or um, it's great. One of my, my one of my spiritual teachers in my spiritual direction class is this great, like, uh, Je- former Jesuit priest who does spiritual direction with Buddhists, and he always refers to the Holy Spirit as she. And I, lo- <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, because then the spirit is a feminine word anyways in the text but it's it's like what is the argument about like holy genitalia what are we talking about you know like it gets off track anyways so yes uh but back to the like so there was a so yeah there was a there was a moment in a few years ago where i was like if you already know what do you talk about then and so for a year i would just make a cup of coffee early in the morning and sit in my living room in the dark and my my prayer was just to go sit with my coffee and go, you already know. So what do you want to talk about? And I would sit in that space. And most of the time it was silent. And then there were some really interesting things that happened as well. But I was practicing the you already know. Mm. In fact, with this move, there are a lot of painful and grieving things and a lot of unknowns that if I get caught up in can give me a lot of stress and anxiety. And so actually mostly my prayer practice has just been to stop and go you already know you already know and and then to then to have a conversation past that because i think we can get caught up in the like do you know about like i need a place to live and my kids need a school and we need money to move you know like and to like to take that and go you already know then we get past all of that sometimes we have to come back to it and go i need to work through what i need to know i need to know and then, but then to get into the, you already know. So then what is the transformation conversation that we can have in that or the space I need to rest in, in that. So this Has is, that, this, this is, does that kind yeah, of answer no, your question? No, I'm, I'm loving every, every <laughs> it's McDonald's. It. I'm loving it. All right. So this is taking me back to a conversation. So you and I had a conversation I think it was like 2014. Do you remember that coffee that we had in the Pearl District? I remember it was probably the last time I had a coffee with you face to face many years ago. It was I before like I the traveled. The last time was at CC Motor Company, but like oh maybe it was CC. We just run into each other. Then. We do, but at the Pearl, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that I've always associated with you that are not associated, something that's always been really meaningful to me is that when we see people on Instagram mm-hmm. and we see artists, other artists. Mm-hmm. And we see how many followers they have and the art they're making. We can just idealize what their life is like and how amazing their lives are and what's going on with them. And why do they have, in your case, almost 80,000 followers? And isn't that amazing? Mm, And 62. 
Okay, well, <laughs> I just rounded up, up. <laughs> not, not that we're noticing. <laughs> um, it was a big number. Uh, yeah, and, no, yeah. And, and, mean... and see the work you're doing and how prolific and, and, and say, oh my gosh, I wish I was that artist or I wish I was doing that thing. Yeah. And one of the things that has always been um, a reminder to me is I remember sitting in this coffee shop with you. Mm-hmm. And this was before I kind of started my own art journey again. Yeah. Because I went through, you know, my divorce and then mm-hmm. I left my job and then I was like, I think I want to make art again and I'm yeah. 40 X years old uh-huh. and how am I going to do this yeah. and what does that mean? And to have that conversation with you where you were really honest with me and you shared, these are my doubts. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, uh, <laughs> you were really, really yeah. like laid it on the table of, of, of the struggles that you had been walking through. And at some point you were, I think you were sharing with me how you had decided at one point you were just done mm. and then you'd come back to it. And there was mm. this, 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 this long, dare I say, pilgrimage through, through this, your art life and your, your, yeah. your, your vocation. Yeah. And so knowing that about you, whenever I see your Instagram page, although I could be and am impressed by what you do i'm motivated by what you do i'm yeah. i'm touched by what you do i know that you are this real person that has all the same doubts and fears yeah. that i do yeah and so it's been this really interesting um reminder for me in the world as because you're you're really i mean i'm gonna be a little bit of a fangirl like i totally like love following your work well, and i'm 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 uh no it just it just has been it's been a joy to watch yeah you not only so i but let me just let me finish okay. my moment. Let me let finish, her my moment. finish my moment. And then to see this, yes. <laughs> and then to see you transition into this incredible performance artist, which has been so fun, and it has opened up. I'm like, ooh, like yeah. you don't have to be just one thing. And it so it's been yeah. it's been a really a joy. Thank so, you. So now I'm done. That, well, hold on. I want to respond. It just okay. that means a lot because you're a friend. Um, and, and what I, and even though like, that's great. I mean, what I hear you saying is like, as your friend, I know you. And then I see, I see, I've seen different parts of you and I know that they're congruent and they're together and, 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 uh, yeah. So I, I think maybe as an Enneagram four, you're just complimenting the, the authentic journey of like you, you've had your moments and you've kept going and it's, it's evolving and trying. And I still have, we all have doubts. Right. I just listened to a podcast uh, and Casey Neistat, who's this like prolific vlogger. Yes. Who has like 12 million followers yes. and stuff. He just said it. And he's like, oh yeah, I just got out of my meeting with my counselor and I was dealing with imposter syndrome. And you're like, you, what? You still have <laughs> imposter syndrome? Okay. Like it's, it's, you're, it's never, yeah. Like your accomplishments will never fill the hole in you. Well, and this is idea, this idea of arrival. We talked yeah, about on Pilgrim Lost, yeah. we talk about arrival and we, that's why we call yeah. ourselves Pilgrim Lost is yeah. because we, ha- we are never going to arrive in that space and we know that about ourselves. Yeah. And that's that human, that human condition yeah. of feeling lost, feeling like the imposter, feeling like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and I so appreciate having had just, you know, the little bit of friendship that I do with you to be able yeah. to know and yeah. to, to see you and to, to see you authentically. Yeah. Even when I, I'm tempted to put you on a pedestal yeah. because of the socials and the things you, you know, numbers and numbers you know, what it looks that. like. Yeah. Filtered. Yeah. I can, if I can speak to one thing and then come back to you, Tony, like, uh, with that is, uh, my wife runs a successful food blog called the modern, Problem. very successful. And I saw her grow her Instagram in a year by like 60,000 people organically, just like by putting good stuff. And it made me hate Instagram cause I just second guessed everything I did. And I had this conversation where I had to figure out, like, what do I want from all of this stuff? Like, what am I trying to get to? And I could tell the whole journey, but I would sum it up like this, which is the engine to to earn love through productivity and accomplishment is a very strong engine. And it'll get get you up in the morning, but it eventually leads to self-destruction. Yeah. So, but how do you continue with your ambition without that engine of earning love through productivity? It's... I started practicing the re- replacing it with the engine of gift giving. And if I could, it was like, if I could give a gift through this, that would also, that's a motivator too. Hmm. And so I started, I had to say like at the time, I think I had like a couple thousand followers and I wasn't working at a church or anything. And I was like, you know, here's a couple, here's some people that I could like do spiritual formation with. I could like care for. And so I just made that the intention of that, 
avenue, which is like, here's a way that, here's a group of people I can give a gift to. And for me, it was like, my own practice is like spiritual formation through image contemplation. So I just started doing that myself through my own stuff where I would be like, I'm going to figure out this thing. And I'd make it often. I'm just like, how do I image this? And I make the drawing and that helps me prayerfully, meditatively Mm. process something. And then I would offer that. And that's what I've been doing for the last like three or four years. Um, So I think I appreciate what you're speaking to. And I want to let you know, like, yeah, there was this intentional move to go. I want to use Instagram as a way to give a gift. to Mm, I love that. And, um, and that's, and now I have enough stuff that I can just go back and like today's post. I just went back a year and <laughs> reposted. <laughs> reposted. <laughs> I got a backlog of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My dream is like to get 365 just keep pieces cycling. of art and then it's just cycling through every year. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Because I don't want to spend all day on it either. No. Now, and, and also it's, you can't be profound every day. Right. Oh, <sighs> there's a question for you. I mean, I think I heard somebody say like, if you're paying attention, you can make a poem about every day. I think that's true. A lot of those poems would be about the mundaneness, the holy mundaneness of it all. Right. But uh, yeah, so I think, especially on those kinds of platform of content, it's like, well, I can have this catalog of content, but then like, what are the other things that I'm paying attention to and then bring that in, you know? So, so that's, anyways, we could get into the minutia of the whole thing, but like, yeah, that's, that's kind of going away from the meditative conversation we're having that's okay that's okay yeah <laughs> okay so now i've got a whole bunch of questions so Scott, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask two questions okay. and you can pick and choose how you want to yeah talk about it the first one i mean as a content creator yeah um i really want to how are you processing the burden to be profound mm-hmm. like i read through your instagram feed yeah. and you really i mean there's a lot of heaters in there. Like you're swinging for the fence every time. You're not, you're not bunting, you know, you're yeah. not, you're, you're swinging for the fence, trying to give people something and the burden to do that, the, re- mm-hmm. the responsibility or whatever. Like, I mean, I've never seen a post where you're like, Hey, I just, I just have a dog and I just, I just made a dog because <laughs> I think the dogs are neat. You know, like, like that's, that never happens. Yeah. You know, dogs are neat. Isn't found anywhere in your world. Yeah. So there's that piece. <laughs> and then the other piece that I'm super curious about, is you are daring to use new language. You're mm-hmm. daring to create new icons, yeah. metaphors for the divine, for yeah. the sublime, for the spiritual, for mm-hmm. the sacred. Mm-hmm. And they're non-tribally rooted. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. you're not you're not you're not creating or writing for a specific tribe within their pre-described yeah. language yeah. and imagery. You're creating fresh and that, uh, speaking autobiographically, that that creates the opportunity for a whole lot of criticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have a tribe, you're everyone's enemy, potentially. Mm. And you're potentially everyone's friend. And that's the beauty of being a bard. Yeah. The, the one who travels between communities. Yeah. Bringing the song yeah. with you. Yeah. But so I, those are two things the the, the burden of profundity. Yeah. And this putting yourself in this position to be critiqued and even yeah. disliked. Yeah. So anywhere you want to go with that. Uh, yeah. I would go with, let's go to the second one first. Okay. Uh, well, I learned. So I think you, it's not the only way, but you really find your voice as an artist in obscurity. When you get placed in obscurity where you're alone, nobody's really looking at you, and everything's kind of taken away. And that happened a few years ago. I had my space at Imago for a while, and then the Bible... Which is a church here a church in, in Portland, Oregon. Portland, which they had this artist studio. There was five of us in there. It was great. And then uh, the Bible Project bought the or they took it over, which is great. Uh, but that space went away. I also lived in Vancouver, which is just outside of Portland. And even though it was nine miles, the traffic was getting a lot. And so I was like, I need to move closer to home. So some friends at this church locally gave me a, a spot in their basement. I built out this room and uh, there's no windows. It's downstairs. And they kept the trash down there one day a week. <laughs> and, oh, uh, and it that was is, That sounds glamorous. It was very And I think at the time we just came off food stamps. So like it was not... 
Yeah, and I just remember I poignantly remember being in that basement and going, nobody's watching me. Like I'm not involved in anything. I'm just kind of here by myself. And the question was like, what do you want to talk about? And I just I remember being I just was like, I hate how we talk about God. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I, I just, I think I can see the tradition of art making, but I was like, we always have to keep contextualizing it. Like one of mine main muses as a teacher is to go, the only reason we're telling the story is because it's a story happening right now. It helps us see that it's all, it's also happening now. It's not a story that just happened back then. It's a story that's also happening now. Um, that's why these stories are still around. And, and so uh, every generation has had to contextualize these ancient stories and find that it's happening amongst them now. And, and I wanted to do that visually. Um, and that, that's probably a really, that's probably like a book I'll write one day, or I don't know, my own journey was just like, <clears throat> how do you create a visual vocabulary for this stuff? Because um, I think our words are often rooted in imagery. So um, that, yeah, so what you're speaking to is like, here's how I want to talk about God and here's the stuff I want to make just because I like it and it makes sense to me. So and then I found that when you get really specific, it's it's kind of universal. You know, the, the creative rule is like the more specific you are, the more universal it is. So and maybe it doesn't land with a lot of people, but there's a whole tribe or, or peop, a group of people who are like, I didn't even know I want this. I actually think I was having I was at this Calvin Institute or Calvin College worship symposium thing I got asked to speak at and this is the first time I said this, but I was like, oh, I think I'm, I've am i mostly been doing something that Christianity doesn't care about because I'm not <laughs> – like right. Christianity yeah. is like – you know, there's three untouchables of a church service, which is singing, speaking, and giving money. And then like everything else is special <laughs> or extra. And, and then I think in like Christendom, it's like who are the writers and the theologians and the preachers and the nonprofit starters, but there's not a lot – and the musicians, but there's not a lot of visual artists. So it's kind of a category nobody cares about mm-hmm. um, or paying attention to. Uh, but I think with the invention of the phone and the screen and social media, image became uh, a, a powerful element to that. And so – having over a decade of time developing an image vocabulary for this stuff, it just landed perfectly with a platform that is worldwide. So then it, I think, I think it, so because of that, I think it brought a lot of weight to it. People were like, Oh, I didn't even know I wanted this. I didn't know I needed this. And then, yeah. So I think a a number of those things happened and that's what's happening. I don't get a lot of criticism um, because I still think it's in a category that people don't care about. (laughs) About a lot or Interesting. not at the core of things. So I, I can kind of be on the margins, like pushing or, or providing new things. Now, every like an advent a few years ago, a few years ago, I was just like advent doesn't make any sense. It was like after Trump got elected and Syria was really bad and like there was school shootings, Flint water crisis, There's lots of stuff. And then we came into Christmas and I was like, none of this makes sense. (laughs) Like I like Christmas, but I was like, none of this is helpful. Right. And I, my, I just was like, I need a Advent birth story that is real. And I've witnessed, I'm not a woman, but I've witnessed, I've, I've slept in the same bed of, and been around and helped bring the babies out of a woman who had a baby. And I was like, birthing's very scary and intense and, uh, magical and, and intimate and that so i started doing these like illustrations of like a real birthing woman a real birth you mean not like glowy mary yeah not glowing mary Mary with this baby that looks like four months old you know but like (laughs) this actual like crinkled up thing coming out with an umbilical cord and going if that story is even true this is what does this say about a god that's willing to do that like and that was i heard uh uh jesuit uh, James Martin, uh, he said that, and I was like, "Yeah, what does that say? What does that say about God?" And what is so? I, then, it, so the invitation was like, "What does the biological process of childbearing say about God?" Mm-hmm. And that became my muse. And when I started pushing 
or creating stuff that hadn't that I really hadn't seen. There's a few things like I saw, I saw some. There's some other very vivid, almost like too much, uh, <laughs> too realistic. <laughs> That's the thing is like when you're creating stuff, you're like, how realistic do you want to go? Versus you know that you keep those kind of shapes and forms and anyways. But like uh, I got some pushback on that, but mostly. P- especially from women women were like whoa i thank you i didn't even know we wanted this but yeah this is very honoring so Mm. uh i think with wordsmithing it's a different story because people uh can tend to get it it, again it it gets into it gets into word policing our community is based on how we say this and if you say it differently we don't know if you're on our team right and then the profound thing the profundity that need to be profound um yeah yeah, I I still wrestle through that. Um, I have a backlog of profoundness, so I can just call that in on weeks I don't <laughs> have anything to say. <laughs> nice. So that helps. Um, and then, but then I think, uh, I think in our tradition of women and men who have walked d- a deep path with the divine is they looked deeply into simple things to find holiness. And so I think I have to do that same invitation with fucking walking up and down the stairs with a kid when you're like, I could do other things important in the world, you know, but or or just what's happening in the garden or that kind of stuff. And uh, so the always I think that the, the invitation is just to be like is to be paying attention mm-hmm. deeply at even the smallest things and then and then kind of mining that out, like what's happening here. Um, so yeah, that's, that's at least some of my practices. Nice. Yeah. I, that, that, and I mean that so easily and quickly and immediately ties back to this idea of pilgrimage, yeah. of this, this paying attention, this simplicity that, that so many of, of us who have actually, you know, walked a pilgrimage have had this, I would just remember being feeling like I had a more, if we go talk about profoundness, like my day had been just walking from point A to point B Mm -hmm. and noticing and being in that space was more profound than anything I had actually tried to accomplish or do. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that resonates with me. Yeah. I was actually, cause I've never, I mean, when our kids get older, my wife actually gave me permission. She's like, when Anders is like older, you can, because it's like six weeks, five weeks to do the Camino. Well, for Tony, it was <laughs> shorter. <laughs> shorter. He's got, you he know, walks, it's a, it's a walks chunk, very quick. It's, it's a chunk of time. It's, it's a like chunk a, of time. That particular pilgrimage can be anywhere from yeah. four to but seven But there's weeks. nothing more, mm, I mean, we could talk about the genius of spaces and stuff like that, but there's nothing more, it's not more glittery over in Spain. No. no. Uh, it's what it is, is like you're, you're creating a, a structure that says, I'm intentionally doing something exactly and every day you're intentionally doing so you can do that in your own home it's just harder because we build up narratives about like uh in you saw say yes i talk about wonder and what what kills wonder is familiarity and that's fine that's just a natural process but like how you access wonder is you you just have to practice every day going what don't i know about what's happening right now how do I unknow all the narratives I'm just building up about? I know how this works because that's how our, our biology works. Like, Oh, I know how this works. And then I don't have to be afraid. And so, but like when we're in new situations, all of that's on guard, all of that's like hyper paying attention, like look at all these things and stuff. And so you can implement that in your own home. It's just easy, easily, more easily accessed in a new space and it helps uncover things like that. But I mean, I think that's, in the tradition of say like stations of the cross, that's where that came from, where people were like, I don't, people went on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They came home, other friends of theirs who didn't have enough money to go on pilgrimage. They said, well, let's build this structure of stations that you could walk through at home and try to have a similar experience. So in a way, like we could, we could do that with like, how do we make stations in our own lives. And, and I guess that's why we have these liturgical seasons like Lent or Advent or Epiphany or, you know, to, to give, to give that or Passover or Ramadan. Or... Yeah. Ram- yeah. All of those things to, it's not anything different changing, but we're just trying to make, help ourselves be more aware of that. It's already happening now. Yeah. And, paying and attention. Paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's good. I I know there's uh. Well, I don't know where we're gonna go from, but like, yeah, I that that really is intriguing to me. In like, um, I don't know if I do sets of time as as, but I think there's definitely moments where I'm like. Or weeks where I'll be like, how can I pay attention to this aspect? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that's happened as I've gotten into my 40s is my knees are like, oh, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> so I've had consistent knee pain. Mm. I'm only laughing because I you know. completely understand. Yeah, and it gets better. And I worked with like a trainer in the summer, fall, and I got a lot stronger and it went away. And then I diminished over winter because I got this winter and baby and but then I, I kicked a ball to my son two weeks ago and I just, and I found out I have like low grade, low arthritis in this knee and a bone spur, but I tweaked it and it's just been like intense pain and therapy. And so like every day I have a reminder of that, but I will say the gift of that pain is that it, <clears throat> it gets me in touch with my embodied self and my need for care and a time to take out of all the busyness to just like, I need to take 10 minutes and just like massage my knee and like work this thing. Cause that's how I'm going to be relieved of it. And so I find like the body practice can be a way into presence and stuff. And that's what yoga essentially is yeah. and all of that stuff. So there are, there are these things around us if we, if we, Oh, and you guys were talking about, um, earlier when we acted like I wasn't here about <laughs> walking and stuff. And there was a time I felt really disconnected um, from everything. And I was talking to my friend Chase, who's like a weird shaman. Chase Reeves, do you guys know Chase Reeves? Oh, don't know. He's in San Diego now, but he was in Portland. But he was like, you know, uh, just try taking off your shoes more often. And just because every now and then he'd get really hippie and just walk around Portland with no shoes. But he's like, you have all these nerves in your foot and they're you know muffled or protected by your socks and shoes but if you need to feel more connected like so uh take off your shoes so in the morning i think in the summertime when there's dew on the grass i'd make coffee and then i just take i just walk barefoot in the grass and let the cold and the wet mm, poke in me and but it it was like jolting me from comfort and helping me be more grounded yeah Mm. I'm not going to do that yet because it's still <laughs> it's still March. Sounds, it sounds divine to me. Oh yeah, it's still March. But yeah, it sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, is there anything else that you would want to share with us? Is that you oh. haven't shared? Oh. Oh. You took my question. I know I did. I stole you took my it. Question. I I mean I think we we bef- off mic we alluded to moving. Um, I think that uh, life. Life is you have you have to become and you also have to allow yourself to become or rest in your becoming like you have agency every day to do sit ups and push ups if you want or call or write or sit or watch or play games or you have agency to do whatever you want to do. And so you have the choice to become. But then also you have to pay attention to how the giver of your life wants is leading you in becoming and. My wife and I started feeling that a year ago we felt this like uprootedness or this tension and we just said something's happening to us. What is it? We need to pay attention to this. And and that eventually over 10 months led us to the spot where we're like, oh, we're going to go here. And she said something to me last week because I, I went and visited Austin last week and to all our Austin listeners out there. It's an ugly city. I mean, it's like <laughs> compared to here. Like I, I spent the day and it was, you know, it's like end of winter and it was cloudy and I was just like, oh, this place is gross, man. We're going to move here. Uh, and I felt really uneasy about it. And on the flight home, we were talking about this and, and she just said, uh, she's like, but yeah, but can't you trust, like why Austin? Because we had other cities on the list, like. There's some job opportunities in some other places. And she's like, but why is this happening? Like, why is it in motion? Like, can't we trust the process of this, even if we don't know how it's all going to work out? And that, and I was like, what are you, are you taking spiritual direction classes too? Because that's a really great way of reframing it of like, um, it's, it's that, so it's that paradox of like uh, deciding, deciding how you want to become, but also paying attention to what you're being invited to become. And, and space and ways and and um 
Yeah, and I think that's part of the meditative or pilgrimage journey is going. I'm going to I'm going to intent on this journey, but I'm also going to allow a space to go. And what would you have me become? And right. and how are you having me become? And where can I pay attention to these moves or invitations or uprootedness or or invitations to go deeper or hmm. all of that? And and I think that is. Um, yeah, that's most poignant to me now because there's lots of knowns and unknowns. And um, I just met with my spiritual director yesterday and I just feel like my spiritual practices right now are like, I'm not accomplishing much except for just taking moments to go. I'm trusting you know, and I'm going to live into that knownness. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes in your life, that's all you have the capacity for. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time in this crazy busyness that we, I wasn't really aware of the crazy busyness. I know you're a busy guy, but, but to know how ramped up in your life is in transition. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. And it was a delight to hear my voice. (laughs) (laughs) No, gross. That is Scott Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Uh, His books are Prayer and May It Be So that he wrote with Justin McRoberts. Mm -hmm. You can find him at scotterickssonart.com and at Scott the Painter. And if you have a chance to see one of his live shows, please do. You can see all that on the website. Please do. Check them out. They're they're amazing and inspiring and, and really a lot of fun. Yeah, They are fun. I got to karaoke at one of them. You did. Yeah. Kari, nice to be with you. Nice to be with you. And uh, thanks for getting lost with us. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.